Flavor Odyssey is brought to you by Drew Estate, the rebirth of cigars, and Smokin' Cigars, voted number one in selection and customer service. A Flavor Odyssey. And now from Cigar Dojo Studio Lot B, your hosts, Robbie Raz and Randy Griggs. And the Odyssey continues. What's up, Dojo Nation? Welcome to another episode of Flavor Odyssey. I'm your host, Robbie Raz. That's not our co-host, Randy Griggs. Randy What's Griggs on actually just sent a text through. We did not get a chance to change the intro uh, to add uh, John McTavish to the show today. Uh, we're getting the band back together, John. Uh, it's just, the cigar surgeon is in the house. It's a cigar surgeon dodo, dojo nation takeover event, and we're Absolutely. gonna get a little we're gonna get a little scotchy up in here. Yeah, we are. That's that's awesome, man. It's so glad, so good to see you. I'm so glad to have you on and uh, be able to do this again. Um, we'll get into it, uh, but we're you know going back to our sharing our pairings roots uh, with this one. This is the first pairing show we've done since together since when? Gosh, it's got to be uh, maybe 2020. Yeah, I think you know. I think we did do one in there. We mixed one in there at some point. You're I supposed think, to say like 2012. Spot. Make it a little more exciting. <laughs> it was 1876. Oh, I think we did one last week. Cool. <laughs> yeah, You're thanks for ruining that one. <laughs> No, we we had when did we we'll get into to sharing our pairings and we'll talk about that. We'll go down memory lane here in a little bit. But uh, again, uh, Randy on on assignment. Eric, I think, has moved to Florida and just not told anyone yet. Uh, Jordan, what's the story about that? Man? Uh, he is going down for Lazona Palooza this time. Uh, so uh, Smoke Night Live on Friday will will be live from the event. Beautiful. But uh, I think secretly he does just want to move in there, doesn't he? Yeah, it's happening. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's the deal. Right? The only question is, do we all get to go with him? Right. Yeah, I mean, how big is the house going to be? I mean, do I get my own room? Uh, I'm not sharing with Randy. That's just, we've we've done that, and uh, no thanks. But uh, that's probably the only way I'm getting to Florida. Um, anyway, thanks, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of Flavor Odyssey. Uh, you're watching us on Facebook. Go ahead, hit that share button. Uh, let all your friends and family know the weird stuff that you're into. Uh, you like to hang out with these guys. Uh, hopefully, get a laugh or two. Uh, if you're on uh, Face or if you're on what Insta, not Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, is that where is that everywhere? YouTube and Twitter. Not anywhere Twitter else? anymore, because no more Twitter. Nobody watches stuff on Twitter. Yeah, nobody watches Twitter. We Twitter's stream. only about like you complain about uh, yeah. politics, Plain, exactly, or or you find out who signed the new free agent contract. That's the only thing Twitter's <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's it's not for just fun. Bots talking to bots now, it's not even real people anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. So we are live on Facebook and YouTube. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh, thanks everybody listening on podcast. If you're not watching live, we appreciate all the podcast listens. 
Um, we are, uh, I guess we're treating this kind of as a wild card episode. Uh, I guess that's a great, that's the best way to put it, Jordan. Uh, I, I did. We, uh, I said, yeah, beautiful. Look at that. Just threw it up on the screen. And so not only with, uh, with Randy being out of town and Eric being out of town, I get to have my good friend, John on the show, but we also, uh, get to talk about scotch and I love scotch and everybody else who does this show with me doesn't. And I just don't get it. Heresy. Philistines, it's 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 offensive, uh, you know. It's outrageous. It's offensive, unbelievable. We need to get uh, Jackie Robinson, the lawyer, up in this house because uh, I, I can't believe that you don't you're not surrounded by Scotch fans with all the bourbon drinkers there. You'd think it'd be a natural, it'd be a natural crossover. It's it's anything but natural, and um, I'm sure Jordan will uh, chime in with his his Scotch takes uh, every now and again. And I think he is actually drinking scotch tonight. So, Jordan, I appreciate you uh, taking one for the team, as it were. Oh, look Attaboy. at this. Fancy glass. Fancy glass. Ice cube in there. Drinking, a, drinking a – smoking a sophisticated cigar to go with it. Yeah, oh, what are yeah. you smoking? I'm smoking uh, the Davidoff Late Hour. I didn't know John was also going Winston Churchill. If I can get it to focus. No, we, this is uh, almost a Davidoff-sponsored nope. episode. Uh, no, yeah, the, uh, the the autofocus not working for you. No. Um, yeah, we'll, we kind of went out of order there. We'll go around the room uh, and see what everybody's drinking and smoking. But as I said, it, this is we're not we Jordan. We can put up some other polls, uh, you know, throughout the show if you want. Uh, we're not really going to do any voting on this one um, because we're, we're not drinking the same thing. We're not smoking the same thing. Um, but uh, really, we're all drinking scotch and we're all smoking Davidoff. So I guess in a way, we are doing the same thing. But, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, it's tough, right? I'm, so, uh, what? Oh, I still, I said, I, I might still, I'm still going to add that as a poll. Who cares? Heck yeah. yeah it's still going to be yeah. a favorite, right? But yeah, we'll, I see might, we'll see if we can do some other, uh, polls as well. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, yeah, well, t- I, I know we're going to, I, I should have said this beforehand. I know we're going to talk about some of the different regions. Uh, guys, when we talk about beer on the show with Randy, um, that's what it's going to be like today when we're talking about scotch with John. It's uh, John is a wealth of knowledge on scotch. He uh, taught me uh, a lot about uh, about scotch, uh, different regions. We we've tried. I've tried some some scotches that I had no business ever trying. Thanks to uh, thanks to this man. So um, we're definitely going to get into that. But let's start off, John. What are you drinking? What are you smoking? So I am also going with the uh, Davidoff Winston Churchill, just the OG. The OG Winston Churchill, the white label. It's a little, it's a little banged up because it's a little dry here. Um, but of course, I gotta go with the Winston Churchill because that's my namesake. That's that's my birth name, Winston Churchill. Little little known fact. Yeah. So you're, and you're then, Winston Churchill, John McTavish. John Winston Churchill. Are you really? Yeah, really, really. What? Not a lot of people know that, except the Dojo I've Nation known, knows that now. I've known you for like ten years, and I didn't know that. You I should be up my sleep. utilizing that all the time. What are you doing? I should, right? That that sh- <laughs> that should have been a perfect entry into this into the uh, cigar world. Uh, and of course, I'm going with uh, the lovely Glenfiddich. If I can find my camera here. Uh, this is the Distilleries Edition, so we're getting a little hot to, to, out of the gate. But there's a reason behind that. It's uh, 51% ABV, or as we say, 102 Freedom Proof. 102 Freedom Proof. I, I, I love a good Freedom Proof. I love a good Freedom Units. Uh, appreciate that. 
Um, for those of you that don't know, John is up in Canada, so when he wants to talk, we talk about weather or, uh, you know, any, we talk about how, how we measure something. Uh, we always talk in, in freedom in freedom units. He's very accommodating in that way. Um, I am going with the Glendronic. My camera is not going to autofocus. Glendronic 15. Uh, I've uh, had this one on the show already, and I loved it so much that I decided to pull it out of the uh, of the bar again. And I am revisiting the Davidoff Dominicana 2014 because this is just a damn good cigar. Yeah, I, I was, I, you know, I pulled up, I, I pulled up some notes that I took on it, and I wanted to say, oh, I, I picked this because I think the pairing of such and such is going to pair with such and such. No, this is just a damn good scotch, and it's a damn good cigar, and I'm just hoping for the best. And you know, That's, Robbie, at the end of the day, isn't it really about just drinking what you like and smoking what you like, and if they work well together? Who gives a crap what anyone thinks about it? As long as you're having a good time, that's really what the key is. It doesn't matter what Surgeon thinks or Robbie thinks or Jordan thinks. Just enjoy yourself. It definitely doesn't matter what Jordan thinks. It matters mostly. (laughs) I was going to go the opposite (laughs) way there, but all right. (laughs) I beat you to it. Darn it. I beat you to the punch. You know, and I I agree. It's, I mean, sometimes people say, what's your favorite cigar? It's like, well, it's the one I'm smoking right now, right? It's the same kind of concept. Um, but, uh, you know, sometimes I can, I could grab my favorite, uh, or cigar that I want to smoke and something that I want to drink and they could just be terrible together too. So I'm, I'm, I'm making a bit of an educated guess that this is going to work out. And I think so far I was right, but, uh, you know, I, I didn't really go too deep in the ideas of what that I'm going to be, uh, what am I going to be pairing here? What, what do we got? We got some people telling us what they're pairing. Patrick's uh, pairing in for the uh, three and a half hour pairing session there at the Royal Robusto. My I, goodness. I think there's just yeah. something when we're doing like a scotch episode, you just have to be smoking Davidoff. Like most of yeah, the comments, we're all smoking Davidoff. Most of the commenters are smoking Davidoff. That's just what you do. That's that's just the way to go. It feels right. You know, it just feels yes. right. So, John, let's jump in, man. Give everybody a little bit of a background. I, I know uh, you're, you're familiar with Dojo Nation. Dojo Nation is familiar with you, but... If somebody's Absolutely. tuning in and, and, and uh, they're uh, they're they're not familiar with you and your background, just give us a quick uh, synopsis, your your Wikipedia uh, brief on your your cigar career. Yeah, we'll definitely do the uh, 1.23 Canadian cent tour here. Uh, of course, I've I've been doing cigar media. This is actually my tenth year in cigar media. Um, I've hopped around a little bit. I'm currently with Developing Palettes, so I do obviously uh, cigar reviews. I do uh, web shows with them. Uh, I do uh, occasional guest spots on various shows like I'm doing tonight. Uh, and, of course, uh, probably, you know, maybe one of my most famous things is doing uh, sharing our pairings with Robbie, which I'm sure we'll get into. Um, what I do professionally is I'm a data analyst. Uh, that doesn't really have anything to do with cigars, but I just like to throw that up there because, you know, I like to get nerdy with numbers. Um, but as Robbie was mentioning, I'm a, I'm a huge nerd when it comes to whiskey. Uh, I've always loved whiskey. I think I've actually been into whiskey longer than I've been into cigars. I think about it. At least, at least that's how my wife tallies it when she says, you know, and, and, and never get sucked in this conversation. She says, do you know how many bottles you have? Nah, I don't know. I don't know. Do, do you know how many bottles you'd have left over if you drank every day till the day you died? I'm like, nah, I don't. I don't that's, that's scary math. We don't want to talk about that. Let's talk about something else. My wife will do the same thing, and she brings it up. Uh, whenever she she comes into my my office in the back, and I've I've got my humidor there, with the big cabinet, and she'll look at it and she'll say, "We should get that insured." 
you know, we should have something extra on our insurance <laughs> for that. And she said, what do you think that's worth? Like, how many cigars do you think are in there? I'm like, I, I know what you're getting at, babe. Um, there's a lot. <laughs> it's just it's just part of the deal. Um, I see myself which, in this conversation, and I, and I feel personally attacked. <laughs> I need a safe space. I need a safe I space. Need a safe space. Uh, but at the same time, she's probably right. I should maybe put a little extra insurance on the, the humidor, because there's got to be 3,500 cigars in there, and I don't know what average Ooh. price or who knows what. Um, we have a, we have a commenter feeling bad for me there about uh, cigar prices in Canada and rightfully so. However, I don't, I don't make them, uh, I don't make them, you know, Donald or um, Scrooge McDuck dollars. So uh, all my cigars come from Freedomville, USA, Freedomville, USA, my friend. <laughs> I love it. I love it. They, are they doing, uh, did they go all the way to plain packaging up there? They sure did. Well, a couple of years ago now, uh, and we won't talk too much about that because it's awful and terrible and ruins a good thing. Uh, but yes, it's uh, fully in force. And so you, uh, on top of all the other uh, indignation, terrible things that you face as a cigar smoker in Canada, now you can't even have a cigar with a, with a regular, normal, sexy band on it. Unbelievable. It's unreal. Unbelievable. Uh, and I'm sorry to bring up such a sore subject. It just, uh, for some reason, it popped into my head. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. um, all right. So let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about our history. Do we go back? Uh, you say you've been in the cigar industry for 10 years. I'm pretty sure I've known you all 10. Um, yeah. I think I've got maybe, I might have a couple years on you in the industry. But, I think you uh, do. Um, we started out uh, together on Cigar Federation. Uh, the, and this was before it was just Cigar Federation store. It was Cigar Federation community, the now defunct uh, community uh, that uh, I was, uh, I was running my own website, Robbie Raz Reviews there for a while. And um and I got recruited to, uh, to help take over and kind of revitalize a Cigar Federation community along with uh, Logan Lawler. And uh, part of that was we did we started Cigar Chat. We were doing that show on that website. I actually started Cigar Chat on Robbie Rice Reviews, but that was before we did video. That was just a chat room. That's how long I go back. Just a chat room. Uh, back in my day. Yeah, back in my day, exactly. Back in no, my day, no, we didn't have wasn't, we didn't have video cameras. We had to type out what we looked like with emojis. That's, that's we didn't even have emojis. No, you just had to you had to get creative with the colons and uh, and the and the parentheses. Um, ASCII characters. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so then, yeah. So what was it? Circa two thousand. Would have been twenty thirteen, I think. Twenty thirteen that we started. We, we expanded the programming on Cigar Federation to include a pairing show that uh, John and I decided to call Sharing Our Pairings. And the, the, we basically went, we had like, what, three different drinks for, mm -hmm. each, for each show. We did one cigar. And if we were doing, we would focus either on like a whiskey or um, uh, a type of beer or something like that. And we would try three different. So we broke it up into like three different segments. We would have our first segment with, Glendronic, our second segment with Glenn Fittich, and then our third, or Glenn Fittich, and then our last one with Glenn Livid or something like that. Um, it, and that was a lot of fun. And with those shows, hour, hour and a half, and uh, I, I haven't watched any of them in a while, and I'm sure they're still around on YouTube. And I'm actually a little bit afraid to go back and watch some of those just because I, I just remember this was back at my other house where I had the office in the backyard and that was my studio. And I just remember kind of stumbling into the house after some shows every now and again. So I'm a little uh, we, nervous to go back. Have you go back and watch any of those lately? 
I, I do. Yeah. I occasionally go back and watch. Uh, and you're right. I mean, with the whiskey shows and the bourbon shows, I think it was fairly manageable. But when we started getting to the high gravity, I mean, if you if you do three high gravity beers back to back, I mean, you're just you're asking for trouble. I mean, you're guaranteed to uh, they, they don't call them wobbly pops for for a reason. You know, you're going to get up, you're going to wobble, you're going to hit something on the way into the house. Guaranteed. It happens. Wobbly pops. I love it. Yeah, we, we did a couple of uh, of uh, barrel age beer episodes that uh, I don't remember very well. So. <laughs> Yeah, those those were the tough ones. Those were the tough those ones. But that ones. Well, we did that for what? Three, four years? Three, three, four years. Yeah, it was. And I mean, every Wednesday, you know, I, I'm trying to think if we even missed, if we missed the show in that time period, I would be shocked. I, I think it was it was pretty regular every Wednesday night. Uh, and I think the only reason we picked Wednesday night was because, of course, at the time, no one else is doing a Wednesday night show. So it, it mm. seems so fitting that Flavor Odyssey is on a Wednesday. You know, it's like a an homage it's an homage keep, keep, keep keeping the dream alive absolutely i mean so yeah i mean by we, the way that means homage in uh, in america just in case i was confused by that indeed thank you for the translation uh, john does oh. break out into french every now and again so prepare yourselves for that oh. uh yeah i know we probably missed a few a few shows here and there i was uh, pretty heavily doing giants games back then but, that's true uh, i think for the for, for the most part man uh, we just Man, we just went all over the map. I'd, I'd love to go back. And, uh, yeah, my camera does that every 30 minutes, so apologies. We haven't figured that part out yet. Uh, apparently, there's some software, Jordan, that I need to download. We'll get there. A little magic lantern? Yeah, we'll get there at some point. Um, <clears throat> so, let's. So, uh, John, tell me, a little bit about, tell me a little bit about the cigar that you're smoking, a little bit about what you're drinking, and then we'll start jumping into a scotch in general. Uh, Jordan, audience, throw any audience questions up. You have any questions for John? You want to talk? Our, our plan is to talk about the different regions uh, of, uh, of the different production regions in Scotland. And Randy looks different tonight. He does. He looks <laughs> um, he looks older and yet younger at the same time. That's weird. <laughs> uh, that's beautiful. Uh, yeah, so we're going to go over the, the regions a little bit and maybe focus on one or two. Uh, and that's probably going to take us all the way up to the end of the show. But uh, throw a fire away with some questions that you have for John as well. But yeah, tell us a bit about the cigar and a bit about uh, the uh, the beverage that you've got tonight. You bet. So I, as you always know, I like to prepare for the show. So I tried to try to come up with something that would kind of complement the whiskey and the whiskey would complement the cigar. And I think that's that's kind of my philosophy. It tends to be preparing is I want to make sure that one doesn't run over the other. So uh, Davidoff Winston Churchill, of course, comes from Davidoff from the Dominican Republic. Uh, rapper is Ecuadorio Rojeza, uh, I think. Uh, with a uh, San Andreas binder, uh, Peloto Mejorado Seco and Peloto Seco uh, fillers with a hybrid Allure and Peloto Seco uh, fillers. So um, all that to say, it's pretty medium, medium strength, can get up into the medium full category, but I find it's uh, Davidoff in general is a really good pairing with whiskey because it's not going to overwhelm the palate. It's not really peppery forward. Um, you know, and, and, and I went with some, uh, whiskeys tonight, some scotch tonight that would kind of complement that as well. And I think, you know, scotches that are probably fairly approachable, um, you know, we, we can do the big bad boy show with the expensive scotches, but I wanted to go with kind of the everyday scotches. So uh, I've got three and I don't think we're going to get them all uh, through them all tonight, but I already mentioned the Glenfiddich 15 distillers edition, the regular Glenfiddich, uh, is, is very approachable in terms of, you know, the price range for, for scotches. Uh, I've also got the uh, Oban Little Bay, 
just to shake things up. That's also kind of very approachable, very affordable. Uh, and then I've got uh, sort of the new sexy, which is uh, the Aran, or the Aran, I should say. Um, it's kind of an uh, under-the-radar distillery, but uh, it's so good. And, and this one's a bit of a special one. It's got some uh, some Scottish-only barley in there, which is kind of fun time. So, yeah, I think they're all uh, they're all roughly about the same strength. Um, and I think that's, like I said, that's kind of the key. You want to make sure you're balancing strength for strength. I like a good peated whiskey, but peated whiskey probably run this cigar right over. What about you, Robbie? Yeah, I, uh, I'm I'm in the same boat. I was digging through the the humidor and I or the humidor through the bar, and looking for some scotches. And I knew I had the Glendronic, so I knew I was going to drink that. And everything else I had was super peaty. I had some a lag 16. Oh. I had a, a lag a nine year in there. Um, and, uh, I think I had a, a Lafroig and I can't remember which one it was. I think it was a cask strength or something. Uh, and that's just a cask strength. Lafroig is just asking for trouble. Like you're not going to taste anything else. Uh, after you after after you, uh yeah, exactly. And, and it's, it's delicious, but, uh, I didn't want to, you know, that's just too much. So I just yeah. stuck with the Glendronic. Um, and that is, I'll just go over the, the specs on that one a little bit. Um, they're Highland. I think we discussed that. Yeah. Highland single mm -hmm. malt and we'll get it to the, uh, to the different, uh, regions here in a little bit. And for okay, me, this is, it's got a rich profile, uh, black cherry, uh, ripe fig, um, it finished with a dark Manuka honey. Um, I've never actually, I do tasted like a good Manuka honey. I've never tasted Manuka honey. It's supposed I to be really good for you. I don't, I don't think I have either. From from what I understand, it's supposed to you know have that's all not, kinds it's of. That's not a real thing. Have all these healing properties and send you straight to Valhalla or something. I don't know. Um, and it's got some uh, dark chocolate notes on it as well. So it's 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 flavor forward, but it's not you know overly powerful. Uh, it's quite tasty, and I wanted a cigar to complement that. So as I said, I'm going with the Davidoff Dominicana. And John, I like the way that you said that uh, Davidoff is a nice way to go because for the most part, it's not going to blow out your palate. And um, this uh, Dominicana, uh, let's see, we've got a Dominican hybrid 257 wrapper. It's got a, an Ecuadorian hybrid 151 binder and fillers from San Vicente uh, and from Piloto and uh, Dominican Corojo 99 and the Yamasa. And it's got Yamasa. all kinds of Just all it's, their tobaccos. They threw them all in there. Just they threw them all in there. They threw them all in there, and I'll tell you what. I mean, I, I don't know if you guys have smoked this. I, I assume that you have. Uh, it is friggin' delicious, man. There's something about yeah. this cigar. It's got, it's got woody notes. It's got some earthy notes to it. It's got a little bit of a salty thing going on there as well. Um, I really, really dig the profile. It's you know medium, medium strength. I, I guess I would say maybe medium plus on flavor. As far as Davidoff is concerned, maybe it's a full on flavor. But uh, it, I, I expected it would go pretty well with this scotch because this scotch is very flavor forward. And so far, it's, uh, it's working out well. But uh, let's jump into the, uh, to the, the scotch primer. That's kind of what we're going here with the show. Let's prime it up. Kind of everything that you're going to want to know at the beginning of your scotch journey. I know a lot of you out there are big scotch drinkers. Some of you, if you follow Eric and Jordan you know, too closely, you've avoided scotch your entire life. <laughs> so um, here's, your, here's your chance to... Uh, to take a step into a larger world. But uh, John, let's uh, let's just jump in and, and let's talk about the different regions, do a quick little primer on each one. What do you think? 
Yeah, that sounds great. So um, we'll go maybe with the biggest region first, uh, which is coincidentally what I'm drinking tonight. Uh, I figured it was a good representation because Glenfiddich, of course, is uh, pretty much the biggest distillery in the Speyside region. You can see it at the north north end of Scotland, the the the, the coastal, semi-coastal. It's not really coastal. It's kind of um, very, mount, very mountainous for Scotland, uh, very tough to get to. The roads are very windy. Uh, but they're uh, they're a massive, massive Scotch producing region, um, largest number of distilleries, uh, and of course the distilleries there are very recognizable. I think even if you're not a Scotch person, you realize uh, or you recognize the Macallan, Glenfiddich, Balvini, Glenfarclas. These are all names that I think are are, are pretty pretty present. I think I think there's something like I want to say there's like 80 or 90 different distilleries operating in Speyside, and uh, as we kind of get into it, you know, a lot of people will ask, like, well, you know, what do I get out of a space side? And I said, well, the thing about the regions is they're kind of like a wrapper on a cigar. Like if you say the cigar has a Connecticut shade wrapper, that kind of tells you a little bit about the cigar, but it doesn't tell you a lot about the cigar. And the, the same is kind of true of the different regions. So when I say space side, you can kind of get a general sense of the spirit, but it's really tough because, you know, they have a range of flavors from, uh, kind of what I'm drinking tonight, which is a little on the jammy, spicy side, uh, all the way up to like a like a really sweet, fruity, floral, delicate, and and kind of everything in between. So um, it's really tough to say, you know, Speyside, and and this is probably true of all the regions. It's really tough to say any one region has a particular fingerprint, other than really one of the ones Jordan was mentioning, Free Show, which was Isla. Uh, Isla has got a pretty big fingerprint. We'll get into that. Yeah, it's funny when you said uh, the biggest region. I thought, okay, we're starting with the Highlands because Highlands is the biggest physical region. But uh, Jordan, if you want to throw that map back up there real quick, Speyside, as you can see, it's up there at the top right, and it's not, it's not a very large area. But more than what is it, like 50, 60 percent of all Scotch produce comes from that area, right? Something yeah, like and no, I've got the, I've, I kind of made a uh, an error there because I said the most amount of um, the most producing. So. Technically, it's the largest number of distilleries, but not the largest number of uh, the largest gallons of spirit produced, interestingly. So oh. I had that kind of flipped. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I didn't, I, I, I was, everything that I've read, and, and maybe the, I was I don't, I'm not going to trust anything you say from this point on. Yeah, that's, that's it. We're right. done. Let's, you blew it. Let's, let's, you blew it. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, actually, you know, giving out some uh, some false information, it really reminded me of something. Nice. There is no question that Drew pivotal and foundational partner to Cigar Dojo and the Dojo community. From the very first cigar collaboration, the Undercrown Maduro Dogma, to the epic stories of dojo trips to cigar safari, not to mention a certain exceptionally handsome digital media manager, Drew Estate has been a champion and supporting <laughs> pillar of the cigar dojo community. Robbie Raz and I couldn't be more honored to have that support continue with the sponsorship of your favorite cigar pairing show, Flavor Odyssey. Drew Estate, the number one premium brand in existence. The makers of Acid, Factory Smokes, Herrera Esteli, Undercrown, and the incomparable Liga Pravada 
Drew Estate not only has a cigar for every smoker and every occasion, they have some of the best cigars available in the world. Please support everything Drew Estate does by following them on all social media platforms at Drew Estate and ask for them at a brick and mortar shop near you. One brick and mortar that you will always be able to find Drew Estate cigars in is Smokin. Smokin is responsible for sponsoring all the cigars smoked here on Flavor Odyssey. Don't miss a true cigar experience with their courteous and knowledgeable staff and over 600 of the world's finest brands to choose from within Florida's largest walk-in humidors. Drop by any one of their 11 brick-and-mortar locations or visit them online at smokein.com. Wow. What a great read. Rerun Randy. I love it. I don't know. That's <laughs> Randy. That was, that was Bill Powers dropped that one in. Rerun Randy. We got to get Randy to record a new one. He's, uh, we're working on that. We're working on a new one, but uh, hopefully we can just have him in the studio and just doing shows from now on. Uh, but I'm actually going to be on the road for the next two weeks. So I can't complain too much. Um, all right. So we're talking a little bit of space side. Now let's, let's jump into Isla. That was the, uh, the next, uh, the next one that we wanted to talk about there. We talk about, you know, fingerprint of flavor, uh, and they're a pretty small, uh, region physically as well. Yeah, little tiny, little tiny island, kind of a pain to get to. You got to get on a boat. I uh, see that little blue on the far west side in the in the ocean. It is in the ocean, um, and it, you know when say Isla, I think uh, the distillers that really come to mind. The big three there is uh, Lafroig, Lagavulin, and Ardbeg. Now there's more distilleries there, but uh, it's a very very small region. You can you can kind of stumble from one distillery to the other. Many people have. Um, and, it, you know, the, the predominant flavor generally for Isla is, is a very heavily peated, salty, briny, seaweedy, coastal spirit, but not always. And we kind of talked about that is that, you know, that's kind of what they're known for. And yet you can get some uh, Port Ellen, you can get some Brucladi out of there. That's uh, actually really light, really delicate, um, not very peat forward at all. Uh, but, you know, when I think Isla, I'm thinking you know, big, bad, smoky art bags and uh, big, salty, briny Lafroigs. That's it's kind of right in my wheelhouse. It's it's a beautiful thing. And uh, <clears throat> I've told this story a few times. I'll tell it again. I'd never had uh, heavily peated whiskey of any kind um, until the day that my wife brought home a bottle of Lafroig, uh, the, the standard Lafroig 10 or whatever it is. And, uh, I remember we were watching a movie and I don't remember what movie was and, and she's like oh you know I, I brought this home for you everybody says it's really great so you should try it and i opened it up and i was like holy crap i've never experienced anything like this it was like freaking campfire in a glass and i mean you're getting notes of burnt rubber and uh just campfire wood all kinds of stuff burning and, railroad uh, tiles ties yeah everything everything and then some anything that's ever been burnt was was that was in there and i took my first sip and was like Mmm. Yeah, this is really good. And I poured a glass. And I actually poured a pretty big glass because we were sitting there. It was a Friday night. We we're watching a movie. I figured, what the hell? And uh, I was, I nursed that thing through that movie, man. And I was not feeling it at all. And um, the only reason that I kept going with it is because my wife brought me a gift and it was very sweet. And I like it when she brings whiskey home and I wanted her to keep doing it. So, um, I didn't drink it for a couple of weeks. And then she asked me about it. She's like, Oh, you know, how do you like that new one? It's like, Oh yeah, I was actually going to have some of that tonight. I wasn't going to have any of that tonight, but I did anyway. 
And then I started to be like, okay, I can dig it. You know, I knew what I was expecting. It's kind of like your palate gets used to it, right? You, you, it's an yeah. acquired taste. But at the same time, if you're going in expecting, you go through the drive-through and you order a Dr Pepper and they give you a Coke, that first sip of the Coke is going to taste awful because you're expecting to jump up on it. Yeah, so I was expecting just a regular whiskey. I didn't know I was going to, you know, be tasting all that peaty goodness, and I just wasn't ready for it yet. Uh, since then, uh, as you can see, as I said earlier, the only other scotch in my in my bar right now is heavily peated. So uh, that's how I've I've turned around on that one. Uh, but even, and John, you introduced me Ardbeg. I had never had Ardbeg before uh, until you uh, introduced me to Ardbeg. Um, but uh, yeah, it's there, there's it's definitely acquired taste. But it is interesting though, and it's just like with every other region. There's no real sig. I mean, there's a signature flavor, but there's no overarching flavor that you're going to find in every single one of them. No, and the, the weird thing about Ardbeg, and someone, I think it was Patrick in the chat, mentioned uh, Octomore, which is uh, extremely peated. Uh, and the weird thing is Ardbeg is is one of the more peated whiskeys, and yet I would call it one of the more approachable whiskeys for peat because it, it, it balances. And it's a weird thing to think about approachable peat, but it's so balanced against the cask and against the spirit that you're not just getting smoke. You're getting all these other flavor nuances in it, you know, talk about balance and talk about, you know, it, it works in, in concert with the other components that are there and not just getting peat. So uh, like you said, there's no, there's no one flavor meets all. Approachable Pete, new hashtag, new, Pete. new band name. I love it. Approachable I call Pete. it. I like it. Approachable yeah, Pete. You should. That's beautiful. Uh, all right. Where are we headed to next? I think we should go back up into the, uh, into the highlands. Beautiful region. So uh, Highland, of course, is the largest producing region by volume. Uh, and again, you know, some names here. I think everyone will probably recognize one or more of these. Highland Park is probably one of the more recognizable ones. Uh, Edredor, which is a smaller distillery, but boy, do they make some really good spirit. Uh, I think everyone knows Dalmore. Uh, Oban, which I've got uh, over here to my left, a little Oban representation. And then Tomatin. Uh, which is kind of another one of those under the radar uh, distilleries, but uh, really great. I I would say that for me, I think Highland Park, or pardon me, uh, the Highland region probably has the widest range of flavor profiles because Oban is peated, so you can get a you can get a peated Highland whiskey. There's actually a number of different distilleries that put out peated expressions, but you can get all the way up to like I said, delicate, uh, floral, fruity, spicy, malty, jammy, and everything in between. Um, so, you know, there, there is, there is no one flavor fits all each distillery has their own offering and each, dist, you know, you find a new favorite with each new distillery. Yeah, for sure. A fun little fact, uh, that, uh, ties in to the Oban distillery. If you look at the, the photos that we have on our logo for the show with my photo where I'm kind of looking up over at Randy, that picture was taken right outside of the Oban distillery and what I'm looking up at is sign from the distillery yeah we were there uh on my birthday um well right around my birthday it was september of i think this was 2017 or 2018 not sure which turning uh, turning 30 for the second time indeed indeed i was uh and that was um yeah that was a blast man it's such a cute little town it's just it's just a little fishing almost like you almost call it a fisherman's village but uh, it's obviously it's obviously grown up since it was a, a little fisherman's village. It's it's super super nice little town. Lots of good food. Lots of good seafood. Um, and uh, th- we did the distillery tour. That was where 
when at the end of the tour you're you're doing tastings and whenever you go to a distillery you're always tasting different things the set and the other and they they push the distiller's edition on you which you know it's you can find in other places but for the most part it's hard to find and uh we were tasting it and i ended up buying a bottle of that for my uh father-in-law as a gift and he didn't like it which was kind of a bummer but uh, <laughs> i ended up drinking it i ended up drinking Rude. it so it was fine yeah right he's like oh yeah i just didn't really like it i was like Okay. No man, problem. I got you. I got you covered. So, I'll take one for the team. I threw up a poll yeah. of uh, PD versus non PD scotch, and love it. We are at 50 50. Oh, perfect. That really? non PD was killing it for a bit there, but it caught back up. Uh, pretty interesting. Peat heads yeah, are very passionate. Passionate peat heads. There you go. That's another. Uh, passionate peat heads. Another, uh, like that one. Um, but yeah, it was uh, that was the first time that I had had um, at a tasting have them hand you uh, dried ginger, like candied ginger. Mm. Uh, to it, it worked both ways. It was a, it paired really well with uh, with the offerings that we had. We had just the regular Oban and the uh, Distillers Edition, and I think we may have had a one more. I don't want to. It wasn't Little Bay. Uh, maybe it was Little Bay. Um, and but it, it works. It, it, it served two purposes, right? It was a it was a great pairing, but it was also a nice palate cleanser between the two, uh, or between the two or three different tastings that you were doing. Which uh, I have uh, now. I keep uh, candied ginger on hand at all times because it goes so yeah, yeah. well with with like ninety percent of the scotch that I drink. It's like you're a professional at this or something, Rob. <laughs> That's just in my free time. I, you know, mm. maybe I'll I should maybe I'll write a book. Who knows? Uh, all right, that so that's that's gotta be one of the more bougie things you've admitted to. <laughs> What candied ginger on hand at candied all times? <laughs> oh, it's, you can just buy a little tub of it. It's delicious, man. Just, I like it. I, I like it. it. I highly recommend it. Um, all right, so we've got what three left? Got, two left. We've got two left. Well, technically, so we've got two official because there's five official regions. So we've got two left, but then we've got we've got some we've got some curveballs. So if you go straight to the highlands, you see that big region to the to the south of it, the lowlands. Unfortunately. It's big in area, but boy, oh boy, is it not uh, really been producing a lot of whiskey. It used to be one of the uh, biggest, bigger producing uh, regions, but not so much anymore. And, um, you know, the two real notable uh, distilleries out of there, Robbie kind of mentioned, and Akintoshan is a big one. Uh, most people have seen Akintoshan somewhere on a shelf. And then Glen Kinchy. Uh, and the weird thing is, you, and maybe it's just me, but I think Lowlands, and somehow that, you know, I think like, like a like a heavy drink or you know like a heavy dram or something kind of full bodied and it's completely the opposite it's just it's a really delicate light spirit and i would say you know if you're an irish whiskey drinker it's probably the closest region to irish whiskey because because of the way they distill but also because of the the type of spirit they put out it's it's a very soft delicate spirit yeah it's it's funny you're right there's it's such a huge uh, such a huge space and there's really only a handful of uh, active distilleries still there. Akintosh, obviously, I think is probably, I guess I'd probably be the biggest. Um, and uh, I, again, that's another uh, whiskey that you introduced me to, the Akintosh and Three Wood, which has become uh, a staple of mine. This is one of the few times I don't have it uh, in my bar. I was going to pick up a bottle this week and, and didn't get around to it. But um, that's one of my favorites. One of my favorites. And John, you also taught me that anything aged in a, almost anything aged in a sherry cask, if, if I'm seeing uh, Oloroso or Pedro Jimenez on the bottle, whew, I'm buying it. And so uh, the, fun, 
the funny thing is, if you look at this Glendronic, it's matured in the finest Pedro Jimenez and Oloroso sherry casks from Spain. I don't know who's still drinking sherry, but God bless you, because that means I get some really good whiskey. Um, yeah, but yeah it's, 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 it's so genuine. Yeah, it is. It, it's, it adds so much flavor, and I really, really dig it. You get it on the nose. You get it on the palate. But it really is interesting that there's there's just not that many uh, areas in the lowlands. And it is funny because I I was you know doing some research. I knew that you were bringing all the knowledge, but I wanted to be able to uh, to chime in on my own. And uh, I didn't realize that the lowlands uh, had such was known for such delicate, light, uh, like fruity flavors, really. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's, that's just interesting. That's I think that's probably the only that's probably the only region that has that real specific. You're across the board. You're probably going to get that same flavor profile. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a really good point. Uh, then is you know we move kind of southwest west. Um, we get into sort of you know you're talking about fishing villages. Well, this is the ultimate fishing town, Campbellton. Uh, you know, truly think about fishing towns, guys walking around in waders. That is that is no joke. That is Campbellton, and you know if the the spirit is absolutely a reflection of that. If you think about um, a fishing dock and sort of, you know, think about like a coal fired, uh, power plant, like that sort of musty, it's not peat. It's hard to describe, but it's kind of that musty coastal, um, muddy combination, which, you know, probably doesn't sound good when I say the words, but, um, it's, it's a, it's an amazing region. Uh, for me, one of the favorites out of there is Springbank. And, you know, I talk about like like smoky and mustiness, but uh, Springbank has some peated whiskey. They have some sort of, you know, it's like a smoky smokiness to it. But at the same time, they have lots of spirits that are uh, jammy and floral and really stone fruit forward. Um, so you can get a you can get a wide range of flavors even from Campbellton, which you know is supposed to be that coastal that coastal impression. Yeah, it's it's such an interesting <clears throat> little area, and uh, my wife's maiden name is Campbell, and my father-in-law is really the person who introduced me to Scotch originally. So I owe it, and he's a big Scotch guy, obviously, and I he, I bought him the bottle of Oban that he didn't like, but um, we when we were uh, visiting with him, uh, he has some some land in Ireland, and uh, we went out to visit, and as we got to the airport, went through duty free, and they had just this amazing Scotch selection. Obviously, I mean, we're, I think we were in, at the Dublin airport. They had just an amazing, amazing selection. And I was looking for something um, <clears throat> from Campbellton. I've always called it Campbelltown, which apparently I've been saying that wrong. Uh, it's from, from Campbellton. And the only thing they had was this one bottle. It was Glen Scotia. And it was, and I don't even remember what, which expression it was. It was just, I remember what the bottle looked like, and I've never been able to find it. It was white and blue, and it had like a seascape of the town on it. And I think it was actually directly on the bottle. It wasn't on a label. It's like etched on the bottle. And uh, so I bought that for him. And I'll never forget the second night that we were there, he and I cracked that open just after dinner. And by the end of the night, we had gone through like almost more than half of the bottle. And by the end of the night, we were just talking about politics and you know, yelling at each other and stuff. And it was, I mean, in, in a good way, it was a lot of fun. But man, I've been looking for that bottle ever since. And I have I, I have nothing to go on other than it was Glen Scotia and it's blue and white. That's all I remember. Well, you know I'm a whiskey hunter, so I bet I could track that bottle down and find it for you. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll I'll see if I have a photo of it somewhere. I, I doubt that I do, uh, but 
it was it was delicious and, and springbank is another one and another again another uh whiskey that you introduced me to and i've been uh, I, I try to track that down their prices have gone i mean everything's prices have gone up but springbank yeah. i've noticed over the last few years has really gone up in price and been much more exactly. difficult to find yeah, and I mean, you know, it, it, part of it is FOMO. You know, you've got a lot more people uh, buying whiskey, but um, truthfully, around the world, there's there's really never been more whiskey consumers around the world. So, you know, we we're talking about single malts tonight, and we're not going to nerd out too deep into it because I think uh, you know we need another hour. But <laughs> the thing is, single malts, which we're drinking tonight, really only represents ten percent of the total whiskey production of Scotland. It's a it's a very narrow portion of all the whiskey that's actually produced uh when you know blended blended malt blended scotch malt is really the number one whiskey that scott scotland puts out it's not the single malt it's not the frou-frou that we're drinking so um there's not a lot there's not that much to go around unfortunately you could almost say the same thing about cigars right like premium mm. hand-rolled cigars is is a tiny a tiny portion i don't know the percentage of it but uh it's a tiny portion of that of the cigar industry with all the the machine made I, stuff and i know that i know the proportion rob because i'm talking about it after the show at at, at, at length uh and it's between uh, one and a half and two and a half percent of the entire cigar industry is the premium handmade cigar industry one and a half to two and a half percent wow so it's even it's even a smaller number than i thought that's impressive but that's but it makes it makes for a perfect analogy right i mean we're talking yeah. about uh, we're talking about single malt scotch here and that's whenever i think of scotch i think of single malt i i have some I have some blends, uh, some blended scotch in the in the humidor. Or in the, I keep saying in the humidor, in the bar. Uh, my wife, my wife doesn't she doesn't drink scotch, but for some reason she saw a bottle of D the Dimple Pinch and decided that she had to have it. And uh, that's a that's a blended scotch. It's a fun name, and it's kind of got it's like a, like a diamond shaped bottle or like a triangle shape or something. Uh, it's actually pretty good. And there's some good uh, blended scotches out there, uh, mm -hmm. but uh, I, I tend to I, I'm of the belief. And the same thing with cigars. Like if, if I'm going to take the time to have a cigar, if I'm going to sit down and I'm going to be drinking some whiskey, I want to have the best of the best. What can you do? Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> aim high, right? Yeah, absolutely. Now I will say, you know, cause we're talking about acquisition. Um, you know, we've talked about a lot of name brands here. We've thrown out a lot of stiller names, but one of the sort of uh, well-known things in the industry is you can oftentimes get a name brand whiskey from an independent bottler for a lot less than what you're going to pay for that, that distillery. And, uh, you know, I think one of the biggest ones now across Canada and the U.S. is Costco. Costco's got their own house brand, which is really the relabeling of something. So they, they buy the casks out of the distillery. They bottle it themselves. They, they put it on their shelves. And you're getting some fantastic single malt whiskey for half of what that would cost if it had the distillery label and, and, and statement on there. So uh, there are deals to be had with independent bottlers for sure. If you can find them, especially at Costco, I, I always find that the 12 year, <clears throat> the 12 year single malt. And uh, I, and again, I think it's like 35 bucks a bottle, something like yeah. that. And it's, it's very good. It's very, very solid. Um, I keep an eye out for the, I think it's a 22 year, Mm -hmm. uh, Pete Johnson it was is always talking about how good the 22 year is. And there goes my camera again. Jordan, we got to fix this, man. I blame you, even though it's my fault. <laughs> Magic lantern. Uh, 
Yeah, Pete's always talking about the uh, the 22 year, which I've seen pictures of, but I've never actually seen it in person. Um, it, it, and the more that you get into whiskey, I've kind of gone down a, bur a bourbon rabbit hole uh, these last couple of years and, you know, joining Facebook groups and guys are sending in photos of, oh, hey, you know, BevMo over here has three bottles of this or whatever. And um, and it's it's pretty cool. But at the same time, it's like, man, I've 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 bought so much bourbon uh, yeah. over the last <clears throat> year that I've got backups to backups to backups to bottles, which is great that I have it. And I'm excited that I can you know, I can have this stuff. Uh, but uh, I've been ignoring my uh, I've been ignoring my Scotch roots, so I need to uh, need to start uh, picking up some bottles. Although I'll ask I'll ask this, and maybe I'll ask maybe we can put this up as an audience question. I tend to be seasonal with my whiskey, and we're getting into spring and summer, and that's more of an American whiskey bourbon time for me. As we get into fall and winter, that's more of a Scotch whiskey thing for me. John, do you find yourself doing that, or are you just kind of equal opportunity all the time? I mean, I'm always equal opportunity, but I agree with you that I, I do tend to get into more of the bourbons and rums as we get into spring and summer. Mm -hmm. um, you know, occasionally I'll, I'll pop a, a lighter scotch whiskey, but I'm, I'm really reaching for my bourbons and my rums. And like you said, fall time is when my scotch comes out. Winter time is when my peated scotch comes out and winter is very long. So really half the year I'm drinking peated, peated scotch. Yeah, you've got you've got real seasons up there. So it's a difference. Real for you. seasons. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it's it's the same way with beer. I, I, right, right now, I'm getting into it's clear beer season is starting. So I'm looking for lagers. I'm looking for pale ales, uh, some IPAs, some lighter IPAs, really, at springtime. Then as we get into summer, it's more hazy IPAs. Uh, yeah. But I, I still stay on that lager bandwagon all the way through the year. I, I really drink lager all the time. But uh, the nice thing about lager is when you get into fall, you start getting into dark lagers. Uh, it gets into multi beer season. When it's multi beer season, that's when I bring out my scotch. So it's, it's. I, I still drink scotch throughout the year, of course, but I tend to go with the lighter stuff. The peated scotch that stays on the shelf. Uh, I, I might have one or two more nights with some peated scotch, but that's going to stay on the shelf until probably like September or October from here. I mean, the nice so, yeah, thing I, is, as long as, as long as the bottle's kind of two thirds full, you're fine. It's really when it gets to kind of that halfway mark and under the halfway mark that um, you can get some oxidation. So, you know, when you get in kind of heels territory where it's a third of the bottle, that's kind of where the time where you want to think about maybe moving it to a smaller container, just, just so it doesn't heavily oxidize, especially if, you know, you're, you're planning to eke that out. If you're not slamming back that bottle in a good session with a couple of friends, you want to, you want a smaller container for that. Oh, interesting. I never really thought of that. Uh, we've talked about oxidation, microoxidation, all that stuff on these shows, but I've never really thought. I'm still pretty good then because I've got, I'm just above the label on the back. I've got about, uh, I don't know, not quite two, two, two thirds. Yeah. <laughs> a couple weekends <laughs> uh, left in this bottle. Uh, but no, that's a good, uh, that's a good, uh, good tip. Did we get through all the regions or do we have one more? We did. Yeah, we did get through we all the regions. Through. Yeah. Now, if you pull up that map again, Jordan, there are some there are some other regions that aren't officially uh, recognized. So the islands in the in the northwest, um, there's a number of island distilleries. The uh, Iran, which I mentioned at the top of the hour, there, uh, they're on the islands. So in fact, they're so small that that region, that area, is so small that for a very long time they couldn't even put all their their uh, casks in the rack houses there. They had to borrow someone else's rack house because there just wasn't enough room on the island for another rack house, believe it or not. That's how small it is. <laughs> and when you get into the islands, there's uh, there's a, a few different distilleries. 
Uh, Jura is one that sticks out. I know they're uh, they're they're on they're on, Jura is an island, right? It is the Isle of Jura. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's one of them, and there's a few different ones. So that's that's a it is a I I, I don't know if it's really recognized as a region, but you know whatever we can uh, we can say that it is. It's, it's just for show. Um, so yeah, we're kind of you've got another uh, another show to get to right after this, and so we are, we've got a bit of a hard out. So let's talk a little bit just about how your pairing's going. Um, and then hopefully we'll be able to do this again and we can go into more detail about, uh, you know, some of the, the regions and some of the different, uh, you know, distilling methods and things of that nature. But for this, a nice primer. So again, John, I thank you for doing this, but let's talk about how your pairing's going um, and then uh, we'll get everything wrapped up. You got it, brother. So I switched to the Oban Little Bay about halfway through the uh, session, um, you know, get a little bit of that saltiness, a little bit of that brininess. It's interesting. I think, you know, pairing with the cigar it's uh, definitely giving more for the cigar than it is for the spirit. So I think for me tonight, the uh, Glenfiddich 15 Distillers Edition is the clear winner. I think that pairs beautifully with the with the Davidoff. Um, Davidoff gets a lot of bread and this and this lovely sort of subtle baking spice with the uh, Glenfiddich. So for me, that that was the hands down clear winner, and I would definitely return to that. How about you? Beautiful. Yeah. Say, uh, well, I only did the one, but <clears throat> this. Um... This Davidoff Dominicana 2014, lots of woody notes, lots of nutty notes. There's a bit of a nougaty sweetness thing happening in there. Uh, but there's also some kind of white pepper spice on the retrohale. With this Glendronic, <clears throat> I knew it was full flavor. I knew it was going to get some of that uh, some of that honey, um, you know, some of those, that kind of a deeper cherry fig, ripe fig, that, you know, that kind of almost stewed fruit uh, note that we talk about. There's a little bit of mm -hmm. dark chocolate in there as well. Uh, and there's kind of a bright, fruity, almost like an orange peel thing that, that kind of lingers on the palate a little bit. And all of those flavors that I mentioned, all that stuff plays really well together. You get the orange, that, the tiny little orange brightness, black cherry stewed fruit, fig, honey, mix in some nuts in there, like a nutty uh, flavor in there, uh, like a roasted nut. That's just, I mean, that just works all day long. Uh, you throw a little bit of the, the woody aspect in there. It's uh, just kind of a nice a buffer on the outside. Then you hit with that black pepper on, or the white pepper on the retro hail just kind of clears everything out. Beautiful pairing. Everything that I expected. Uh, I guessed right on this one for sure. Uh, Jordan, I'm curious. This isn't really your bag, so yeah. be gentle. But uh, I'm curious how, how, your, how your pairing's working out for you. Well, uh, you can tell I don't know much about scotch because I went at this pairing just thinking, like, the late hour is aged in scotch. Scotch barrels, what the heck? Let's go with this. Um, so, so I'm drinking uh, Glenfiddich 18, um, and this is actually really good. Um, but it's it's it, they don't really fit. Um, the the cigar is is medium plus in body. It's it's a darker profile. It's a lot of like earthy. Um, has a really nice kind of thick texture to it, but um, earthy leather. Uh, those kind of flavors going on. Um, whereas the the scotch is is on the the milder side. I wish I was drinking what John's drinking uh, because this is only like 83 proof. Um, it's thin, but it, it has good flavor to it. It's got a floral aroma, um, and and the flavors are are kind of fruity and citrus. The fruit is kind of like a um, juicy fruit gum kind of a flavor to it. It's really nice, but they just don't that dark earthy. Uh, oaky cigar doesn't really fit with the fruity, milder uh, whiskey. They're both good, but I don't think it's a good pairing. 
Yeah, when you uh, when you said what you were drinking and what you were smoking, I was worried that your cigar was going to run over the uh, the whiskey a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, it's I'm glad that you at least enjoyed the at least enjoyed the whiskey. It's a good first yeah. step. So I, I appreciate you playing along. I, I had a few to uh, choose from before the show, and like I I tried the Lagavulin, and I was like, no. I'm not going to sit through a show doing that. <laughs> Let's go with this one. I, I'm surprised you guys even have a bottle of, uh, of, of Lagavulin in there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you don't have a ton, but what you do have is pretty good stuff, so that's good. Um, just real quick, uh, for next Wednesday, I won't be in the house, but I know that Eric and Jordan and Randy will be holding down the fort when we get back on the A Natural a train Everybody's going to be smoking the EPC Encore. Um, I'm disappointed I'll be missing that show because that is a friggin' phenomenal cigar. Uh, but uh, everybody, you guys will all tune in. You guys will all have a good time. I'll be curious to see what you all pair, and I will watch from afar, but I will be on a work trip, so I cannot make it. Uh, Jordan, uh, Smoke Night Live on Friday. You mentioned it, but give us a, a recap. What's going on on Friday? Uh, so on Friday, it's uh, Lazona Palooza. So uh, Sensei is with uh, Blind Man's Puff Boys in Miami. And uh, they'll be going live from the event. Hopefully, you never know, maybe Guy Fieri. I don't know. We're, we're hoping. We don't know. Uh, shows up. Uh, on the dojo, we had uh, Kevin Acuff did the uh, Casa Cuevas Patrimonio today. That's the, their new cigar they came out with late last year. Uh, other than that, guys, I did one. Rob, you told me to do a poll on seasons. I did a, I did a seasonal poll. Guys want to drink scotch in the fall, 38%, then the winter. Uh, and then on the, uh, on the peated versus non-peated, the peated ended up winning that one just barely. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. it you're right, John. The, the peated group is much more vocal. Mm -hmm. They're, they're going to let you know. <clears throat> they're going to let you know. Uh, John, appreciate it, man. Thanks for taking the time. I know you're, you've got yeah, a busy brother. schedule. Hopefully we can do this again. We can get a little uh, deeper into the process and, uh, you know, some of the different distilleries and, and, you know, maybe dive a little deeper into some of the flavors and stuff. But again, 100%. really appreciate you, man. A blast uh, do, getting the band back together. Uh, are you, will you be at PCA this year? I will definitely be at PCA. So we'll have a dram in person. 100%. 100%. What was the bottle? At, at at IPCPR that year at the at the bar Glen, that we just Glenlivet Nadura, the Glenlivet Nadura that was a full bottle when we got there and it was empty bottle when we left at the bar. She was and, gone. Um, we we uh, I think we paid what ten times retail for that bottle, but it was worth it. It was way worth it. Absolutely, thanks, man. Appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, pleasure to see you. Always a blast. And man, I'll see you uh, in person for the first time in many years at mm -hmm. PCA. It's gonna be a lot of fun. It's gonna be awesome. a lot of fun. Thank you, Doja Nation. Beautiful. Um, cool. So yeah, everybody, thanks again for tuning in to another episode. Uh, we appreciate the support. Everybody have a great week. Stay safe, stay healthy, be kind to each other. It doesn't cost you anything. We'll see you next week as the Odyssey continues.